What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Jeff Fennell, Sports 360. Nearly four months after the scheduled first pitch of the Major League season, baseball is finally set to begin. It will be a 60-game sprint, so getting off to a good start is vital for teams looking to contend for the postseason. Our resident baseball analyst, Rob Duran, joins us to discuss what we should expect in the coming season, including his predictions for which teams will advance to the playoffs. We'll also talk about baseball players kneeling during the National Anthem and MLB's surprising response. So settle in as we get ready to talk baseball with Rob Duran on Sports 360. Joining me today on Sports 360 is Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. And as usual, he joins us today to talk baseball. Rob, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's a great week for people like me who love this game. I'm ready to go. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I mean, you know, we're talking here on, on Tuesday evening evening and um opening day uh, you know two days away and the first game out to shoot uh your beloved yankees and the washington nationals garrett cole against max scherzer so i'm sure you have your peanuts cracker jacks popcorn and whatever else um ready for that game don't you oh of course i i've been this has been on my calendar since they released the season uh calendar going on so I'm excited. I'm ready. I finally get to see Garrett Cole and pinstripes, which, you know, was it's, it's something that we didn't know would happen a couple months ago or even maybe weeks ago. So it's exciting to know that in two days, Major League Baseball is starting and it's finally back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's amazing, really, when you think about all that that we've been through and all that the players have been through. Um, in terms of getting back uh, on the field. And obviously that was preceded by the negotiations and so forth. So a lot has gone into getting to this point, but here we are. Um, You know, the season is about to open (laughs) in late July, 60 games on tap. And I'd like to talk with you about how you view um, these divisions and turning out and get your predictions on the winners and the losers and and so forth um and so look forward to talking to you about uh, about that um and and why don't we why don't we jump in i'm going to save the american league uh for sec you know uh for last let's start with with the national league and um let's talk about the national league East. And and by the way, Rob, last time when we spoke, we were talking about, you know, it was our understanding that it would be three divisions of 10 teams and apparently not. Right. Uh, MLB is keeping the traditional divisions and we'll have the three division winners and two wild cards. So 
uh, with that, let's start with the National League East, where my beloved New York Mets <laughs> reside. Um, how do you see the National League East? I mean, um, some good teams there with, with obviously the world champion Nationals. You have the Phillies, and you also have the Braves and the Mets. Um, w- what do you see there? I think that's one of baseball's better divisions, I would say. Um, you mentioned the teams that are going to be competing. I think the Phillies will be a little bit better. Um, you know Bryce Harper, he's one of those guys that I've been critical of, but he starts off fast sometimes during the season, and I think that's going to be important for the Phillies to have. And I do think that Joe Girardi as their manager helps, but I can't not say the Braves are going to take this division. Um, they're young, they're hungry, and they're just getting started, even though it feels like we've seen Acuna for years. The kid's only 22 years old, and he's already a superstar. And I think he's going to help catapult that Braves team to the division and, and you know, make a run in the playoffs, make some noise. Yeah, you know, the, the Braves obviously were one of the better teams in baseball last year, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that they should have beat the St. Louis Cardinals in, in the playoffs, uh, much to my chagrin, the Cardinals were able to <laughs> capture that series, but certainly the Braves talent um, is there. You know, they have a, a nice mix of veterans and, and youth and they, and they have experience. Um, and so you like the Braves in, in the national league East, but you make a very good point about Bryce Harper because you're right traditionally he he does get off to terrific starts yeah. for the season and if he were to do that you know he's the type of player who can carry a team and that's a talented team too but is, you know yes, if is. he leads the charge you know and the Phillies get out of the box quickly because Harper is off to a fast start um you know that could be interesting right because you've said it before the teams that get off to a fast start um you know, with this abbreviated season, are going to have a significant advantage. Yeah, and another player to look at with the Phillies is Didi Gregorius, former Yankee. He's finally fully healthy. He had the Tommy John surgery last season, and he kind of struggled when he came back, still getting accustomed, you know, to gameplay and pace of play and all that stuff. He's fully healthy this year. So that's a player to watch because he's very productive, and I know that firsthand seeing him over the past few years in pinstripes. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you on that, too. I mean, you know, being here in, in in the New York area, watching a lot of Yankees and Mets games, Didi Gregorius is a very good baseball player. Yeah. And because he's on the Yankees and they have so many other, um, you know, excellent players and a lot of name players, um, and because of the way he goes about his game, he's not flashy or anything like that, he tends to get overlooked. but Didi is a good ball player, um, yeah. and so uh, it, it 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 will be interesting. Um, but you like the Braves, nevertheless, nevertheless in the National League East. Um, what about the National League Central? Now this is a division I'm excited about because I've been watching this team since last year, and it's the Cincinnati Reds. That's my pick to take this division. Um, we know the Cardinals are there, the Cubs. I don't think the Brewers have that run in them this year. We know the last couple of years they've ended off the season very hot, and that's kind of catapulted them into the playoffs. 
I don't think they're going to have that luxury this year. They have a lot more question marks this season than they've had in the past. Uh, same thing with the other teams. But I like Cincinnati. I love their rotation. Probably one of the best rotations in baseball. And their offense, I think, is it's so balanced and so good. I think that's a team to watch for in the National League. Yeah, and a lot of people, um, you know, are are looking at the Reds as well as, as a team that has made some investments, have made some good moves. Um, you know, they do have a good rotation. Um, and, you know, they, they have some bats that they've added, yeah. right, in, in Moustakas and in Castellanos. Um, and so it will be interesting. And on top of that, though, Rob, I believe the Central is probably at its weakest point that we've seen in some time, you know. I would definitely um, agree with that. You know, for years, you know, for a good run, the Cubs were there. And, you you know, you would look at them as winning, you know, 95 to 100 games. And as you said, you have the Cardinals who always do their thing. And for a time, too, the Pirates were playing pretty well. And then when the Pirates fell off, the Brewers ascended. You know what I mean? So you always had these yeah. three teams that were very good. Um, and so a team like Cincinnati typically would not, you know, compete in that division. But things have changed. I don't think that division is as strong as it has been in past years. And so there's an opportunity for Cincinnati this year. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. The Central has definitely weakened a lot over the past couple of years. And I think this is the window for the Reds to take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, out West, though, um, do you see any changes there or should we just punch the Dodgers ticket? Yeah, just punch it now. <laughs> 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 there's no debate there at all now if for some reason there would be a closer division race than we would anticipate out west which team do you think would give the Dodgers a run for their money I would be maybe Arizona because of their pitching with the pickup of Bumgarner. But I do like San Diego, too, believe it or not. Um, they're one of those teams, when we last spoke, I mentioned some of these teams may just suddenly make it, and you don't expect it. I think San Diego is one of those dark horse teams that, you know, they have Machado, they have Tatis Jr., who's one of the most electric players in baseball right now. And they may be one of those teams that just, they're, they're just having fun. And next thing you know, they're making a run at the Dodgers. Um, I don't think they have the firepower to keep up with LA, but that's a team to watch for as well. You know, I, I've heard a lot about San Diego and have read some comments about San Diego that they may be the team to watch. The only thing I will say about that, Rob, is that it's not the first time San Diego has been pegged as a dark horse in recent yeah. years. And it's never come to pass. And so for me, until I see it, I'm not believing it. I'm just not. So, um, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm just saying, um, I'm not getting on that. I'm not I'm not getting behind that one. And it's not because I don't think what you said was right. It's just the history of San Diego. Yeah. And, you know, they just never seem to 
to rise to the challenge. But again, we'll see because not only do we have the, you know, as you said, you know, the, the baseball side of it and the talent that they have, but we also have this unusually shortened season where, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much anything can happen. So we'll see about that. Um, what about wild cards in the National League? Who do you see um, grabbing the two wild cards? I think the Nationals will grab one of the wild card spots. Um, it's hard to pick against the World Series champions from last year. Um, I don't think they'll have enough to win the division against the Braves, but I think they definitely have enough pitching. And, you know, they lost Rendon, but Juan Soto is more than capable of leading that offensive charge. And I think they do have enough pieces offensively either way to to catapult to a wild card, um, to a wild card berth. And you'll be happy to hear this one. My other pick for the wild card is actually the Mets. Um, even with Syndergaard down, I do think the Mets pitching is pretty good. Um, obviously, DeGrom is who he is. I would say the best pitcher in baseball today. Um, and, and offensively, you know, with Cespedes, we don't know exactly what he's going to bring to the table. And he's still kind of slowly coming back. But I think they'll, have, they'll do enough offensively to warrant that second wild card. Okay. And when, when you when you picked the Nationals at first, I said, man, there he goes, dogging out my Mets. Um, <laughs> different year, <laughs> same result. But um so I'm, I am I am grateful that 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 you uh put my Mets in there. I wanna say something about the Nationals though. And and you mentioned the player, and, and that's Anthony Rendon. And, you know, you said, hey, he's not there, but Soto can lead the charge. And and, and I'm not saying that Soto can't, but I I do want to give Rendon and players like Rendon their props because of not only what he does, right? This is a guy who hits, you know, high 300s, knocks in 100 runs, 30 bombs, plays great defense and all, all the rest of that. But let's just talk about the lineup. Guys like Rendon, not only produce, but they have an effect on the guys in front and behind them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 pitches that the guys in front and behind see because Rendon's up there. You know what I mean? And yeah. when you take that out of the lineup, it's a subtle thing, but all of a sudden, you know, guys aren't seeing the same pitches as they used to because you don't have Rendon because you're not going to replace him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Whoever's Definitely you're not, not going to replace him in the lineup, and so I wonder about that. You know, does does Soto get the same pitches that he got last year? Because Rendon was always on base, right? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So I don't know. It's it's I, I don't want to overlook that part of it. Um, and I also think too. I'm not hating on the Nationals because they're in the East and they, you know, <laughs> beat up on my Mets, but. The Nationals got hot at the right time and rode that, yeah. you know, throughout. Not to say they're not a good team, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals didn't even make it, to be honest with you. Is that the hot take of the day? Yep. <laughs> and I'm standing <laughs> I'm standing by it. <laughs> That's my hot take of the day. I don't know. I don't know to take you seriously or if you were being sarcastic, but I, that's my hot take for the day. <laughs> so there you have no, it. I, actually, you know, you make a good point, though, because the presence of having a Rendon in the clubhouse and in the lineup 
is is huge. And I think we'll see that benefit on the other side with the Angels now, with the protection he'll bring with Trout and Pujols and, and Otani and all that stuff in their lineup. So that's a great point, though. Yeah, we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. But um, yeah. Okay, so let's go to the American League, and I'm not starting in the American League East. I'm going to make you wait before you gloat. <laughs> so we're going to go out west and start with the American League West. Uh, who do you see coming out of that division? Surprisingly, I'm going to go with Oakland. I like the way Oakland's lineup is is very balanced, and um, they're one of those teams that. We're kind of surprised every single year by them, how they're suddenly in the race. And we may not even notice it, but they're there. So I'm going to, I like Oakland and their pitching is pretty good. They have a young kid, um, Lazardo, who's, who's, I think he's going to be very good, a lefty. Um, so I, I'm picking Oakland to take the West. Okay. All right. And, and, that's, not, and that's not a knock on Houston just because sure. of a Yankee fan. <laughs> sure. Of course. Okay. Um, what about the central? Who do you like there? I have to go with the twins. That yeah. the offense they have is insane. With Donaldson there at third base now, um, Nelson Cruz. He's he's one of those fifty-year-old veterans that just keeps hitting home runs. The, the lineup is insane. It's hard to pick against that team. We saw the the, the kind of firepower they bring. Um, I just hope that the Yankees play them in the playoffs, though, because that always bodes well for me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the twins are tough, man, you know, um, and you know what I think helped the twins as well uh, was they won that division last year. Yeah. When when I say that they were in a dogfight with Cleveland. Right. And they stared Cleveland down. Yeah. You know, they didn't buckle. And I think that kind of experience bodes well going forward. Um, now they got humbled in the postseason, as as seems to be the case all the time with you know when they play the Yankees. But um, I think as far as winning the division, I agree with you. I think the Twins will prevail in the American League Central. And last but not least, the National League East. Um, I know you thought long and hard on this one, but. Um, after a lot of deliberation, who do you think wins the National League East? Well, I think Baltimore has a good no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the Yankees. <laughs> De- Definitely the Yankees. I I got a chance to see what an opening day lineup would look like for them when they played the Phillies in the last uh, summer camp tune-up, and just looking at the lineup was I couldn't find an easy out or in, uh, a player that kind of worried me if I was a pitcher. And that's that lineup, I think, not because I'm a fan, the lineup is probably the best in baseball, hands down. Um, and they're pitching with Garrett Cole in there, and the kind of meticulous teachings that he's bringing to the, to the staff, that a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of it on social media and stuff, just the kind of, you know, small things that he's bringing to the pitching staff. I think that team is is serious this year I, I I like the chances and I think they're a team you know much like the Dodgers that they'll start out hot and they'll just stay hot the whole 60 mm. game mm-hmm. um, sprint all right so your beloved Bronx Bombers <laughs> so okay so we can recap so in American League you like the Yankees 
Twins and Oakland A's to yeah. capture the division. Um, what about the two wild cards? Two wild cards I have the Rays only they're pitching. They have a three headed monster with Snell, Morton, and Glass now. That you can't beat that. They're definitely taking the wild card. There's no other team, I think, besides the division winners that can compete with the Rays. And then the Astros for the second wild card spot. Um, you know, even with all the, the cheating scandal and stuff going on, they have talent on their roster. It's not like they don't have any talent and the cheating was the only thing that helped them win. Uh, the, the lineup is what they are. They are going to struggle a little bit, I think, um, pitching-wise. Their bullpen has a lot of question marks. Um, and they're starting rotation. We don't know what we're going to get from Verlander. He's coming back from an injury and surgery, I believe. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. is coming back from Tommy John surgery. And they lost Garrett Cole to the Yankees. So I think they're going to struggle a little bit pitching-wise. But at the end of the day, I think their talent is going to carry them enough to take that wall card. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The Astros are going to be an interesting story, you know, all year. Um, yeah. The one thing, you know, I think it's overlooked a little by some is that Dusty Baker is over there. Right. Um, and you can yeah. say what you want about Dusty and whether his team, what they, what the team, his teams do in the postseason. But Dusty knows how to get to the postseason. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, um, again, it's a 60 game season. Anything can happen in this, in this abbreviated time span. But, you know, I think that's something else to look out for. The other thing, Rob, I would say is this um, with the Astros. Today, in a game against, um, I think, Kansas City, um, three Astros players got hit, right, by pitch, Springer, Bregman, and Altuve. Yeah. Um, to be honest, Altuve and Bregman, you know, I think they were more glanced by the pitch. Um, Springer's was a little bit, it was scarier because it was running up and in, and he had to put his arm up and deflected the ball yeah. away. But I will tell you this. I think we're going to see more of that, especially when Houston plays it's, you know, an opponent for the first time, right? Um, I don't think players have forgotten. You know, they may have forgotten during the time off, but now that they're back, it's almost like they said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think they're going yep. to uh, – I think it'll be some retribution all around Major League Baseball. What are your thoughts about that? I definitely agree with that. Um Baseball players have great memories, and they definitely have not forgotten what Houston did. And I don't know if you follow Trevor Bauer on social media, but he's one guy who's not letting anyone forget what the Astros did. <laughs> Even having shirts and stuff saying Astros cheated and all that stuff. So the players remember, and I think we're going to see a lot of hit-by-pitches. Um, and it'll be interesting on this aspect to see how Major League Baseball polices that. Because at some point, Houston may get fed up with getting hit, you know, multiple times per game or per series, whatever the case may be. So it'll be interesting to see how Major League Baseball watches that situation because I'm sure they have something in mind because this is the inevitable stuff is the unwritten rules of the game. Um, so that'll be a situation to watch, and I look forward to watching it. Not that I advocate for anybody getting hurt. Uh, definitely not. I don't like to see players get hit you know, above the waist area kind of thing, near the head, anything like that. But I do want to see 
how players react to playing Houston for the first time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and it'll be interesting, too, to see how the Houston players respond if, in fact, what we are talking about here comes to pass. I mean, because if series after series after series, you know, they start to say, well, okay, enough is enough. You know, at what point, yeah. right, Do does that turn into a bad situation? So it, it, it certainly bears watching. But, um, okay, so... Um, who do you have emerging from each of the leagues uh, and competing in the World Series? Should I just beat you to it and say the Yankees from the American League, or are you going to surprise me? No surprises here. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm so, going with the Yankees in the AL. Okay. And what about in the NL? It's hard to pick against the Dodgers. You know, um, they're loaded. They have Mookie Betts in that lineup, which I think is going to make a huge difference. Mookie with Bellinger together is, is crazy to, to envision. Um, they're pitching. Walker Bueller is ascending like no pitch I've seen in a long time. He's he's something special. Um, Kershaw is who he is, even though he has his struggles in the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Yankees-Dodgers World Series. Okay. And... Prevailing will be the New York Yankees, of course. <laughs> I've waited <laughs> long enough. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize the Yankees have not won a World Series since 2009, right? 2009, yep. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's it's been a good it's been a good minute for the Yankees. So it has. Um, you know, they've had some good teams, but you know. They've been beaten by some very good teams in the postseason, obviously, with their run-ins with, with Houston. Um, so it, it, it will be it will be interesting to see. But listen, Rob, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, with this 60-game season, as we mentioned, anything can happen. Um, oh, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, I you know, right now, I, I tend to agree with a lot of the selections that you made. But there's a part of me that says there's going to be probably more than one team. You know, there are going to be a couple of teams that if they don't outright make the postseason are going to make a serious run. Teams that, yeah. you know, we might not have anticipated. Um, and then you have some of the teams that we're kind of discounting, like the Cubs and the, and, and, um, the Cardinals, for example, who, you know, just may show some of that championship pedigree. Um, and, you know, do some damage. So bottom line is it's going to be, it's going to be a very, very interesting season. And again, of course, we all hope that the players um, and everyone will be able to get through the 60 game seasons and, and it's not interrupted yeah. by a second wave of this coronavirus, but um, it will be interesting. Yeah. And, and like you said, there's going to be a lot of, I think, you know, you, leave, you even look at the AL, it seems like the White Sox that I've mentioned in the past are one of those young teams that can start hot and, and make noise in the in the Central, maybe not win it, but do enough to kind of shake the Twins a little bit. Um, even the Angels, I know their pitching is suspect, but their lineup, you know, they have the best player in baseball, and, and we spoke about Rendon earlier, the effect he could have on that lineup and all that stuff. And, you know, there, there are certain teams, and you mentioned the Cubs and the Cardinals, the Cardinals are always somehow in the race regardless of their roster. And the Cubs, you know, they do have 
talent in the in their lineup as well. So, you know, it'll be fun because this this is a playoff atmosphere type season every single series and every single game. So, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. And I know you know the Yankees are my favorite to win it all, but they're not going to have they're going they're going to have an easy road, I think, just looking at their schedule, uh, regular season-wise. But they're going to have to compete, and they can't let up against opponents or anything like that in order to prevail and, you know, make my prediction come true. Sure, sure. Now, Rob, I know there's only been a handful, and it's only scheduled to be a handful of exhibition games, right? Like three, right? That's That that was the, um, the limit, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, I didn't see a lot of it, but we talked a little uh, before we, you know, uh, got online here. Um, and, you know, I saw a little of, of, of some of the games over the past couple of days, and it was different. I mean, really, really different watching a baseball game without fans in the stands. Um, it's so it's going to be different, I think, for, you know, to watch the game. I think for baseball fans who are starved for the game, you know, just seeing their, their you know, their favorite players and teams uh, competing again is going to be a welcome sight, you know, uh, given all we've been through as a country and as a society. Um, but having said that, it's still, it's still a, it was difficult for me to kind of get into it. It was just eerie to watch the game and, you know, no noise, no reactions. Um, you know, what, what, how did, how have you enjoyed these games so far? Now it's been awkward and I'll, I'll admit at first, I didn't really think about it because before I saw any of the games, I didn't really think that the crowd or the lack of crowd noise or anything like that would have much of an effect on me watching it from home. But as I was watching the Yankees and the Phillies play, um, there were certain plays and things going on that, you know, when the announcers were quiet, everything was just dead silence, nothing going on. And it was kind of awkward because you're normally used to hearing, you know, some buzzing going on. Even when nothing's happening, you still hear the crowd buzzing and stuff like that. So not hearing that or not or knowing that that's not going to happen when, you know, the player hits a double in the gap or stealing a base or a home run like Mike Ford hit a home run in the ninth inning yesterday, you expect the Bronx to go wild at Yankee Stadium, and there was nothing going on. So it's a little awkward after I finally got to experience it and watch it. So it, it, like it, it was just awkward to, to not see fans jumping and the camera going around the stadium to show all these fans high-fiving and beer getting thrown up everywhere out of excitement and stuff like that. So it'll be different. I guess is the word for to see baseball without fans or hearing fans or anything like that. It certainly will. And I know it has to be a challenge for the players as well. In addition to everything else, I mean, the, the very stringent protocols that they have to adhere to, um, you know, the concerns that they have and that won't go away throughout this entire, you know, season of, you know, staying free of the virus uh, for themselves, for their families, and for, for others. Um, you know, it's going to be, a, a, it's, you know, a very challenging environment in which to play 
baseball. And, you know, I think the other sports, you know, hockey and basketball, as they endeavor to come back, are going to experience um, the same thing. Um, baseball, of course, and we mentioned it before, unlike um, hockey and basketball that will have bubbles, baseball yeah. doesn't. Uh, and so there's that added risk. Um, but yeah, certainly not having fans in the stands, um, it, 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 it made for a different viewing experience. Um, but, you know, like most things, you know, you, you'll get used to it, I think, you know, fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see about that. And, um, and one thing I, sorry, yeah. one thing I do want to point out is a lot of people, even about the other sports, the NBA and stuff like that, they're kind of discounting what the championship is going to mean at the mm -hmm. end of the season for whoever wins it. And I think it's actually quite the opposite. I know we've spoken about this in the past. I think it's quite the opposite because this is such a unique situation that, you know, people have to remember that, yes, these people are athletes, but they're also humans. And there's a human aspect to getting used to everything that's going on around you and how different, you know, just driving up to the stadium or to the court is going to be. Like you have to undergo this testing and all this other stuff before you can actually just go and play 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 the game. So, you know, I don't want to hear any of that. You know, oh, this World Series or this NBA championship is not going to mean the same. It's going to be less than. I actually think it has a little more value to it because of everything that these athletes have had to go through, you know, not just personally, but professionally as well. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about that. Um, all the challenges that they, that all of these players are facing and will have to overcome and for the team that emerges victorious over all these challenges i think you know we'll have something to be proud of um, yeah. it would have to be kept in mind though of course that it happened over 60 games and so that's nowhere near you know a a full season yeah. but you're right i mean the challenges that they have to face are like nothing that we've seen so, yeah, I mean, to me, look, a champion's a champion. Is it going to be viewed the same as a 162 champion? No, because it's a different season, you know, but um, I don't think you say nobody won in 2020. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There will be a <laughs> champion, and I think we have to acknowledge that they were the best team under these very difficult circumstances. Exactly. So... Speaking of difficult circumstances, um, we have um, players are starting to kneel in baseball, believe it or not, right, uh, before the playing or during the playing of the national anthem. Um, we had some players on the San Francisco Giants and their manager, Gabe Kapler, kneel uh, Monday night. Um, we had a player... And I'm uh, Kenyon Middleton, maybe I think his name is on the Los Angeles Angels. He kneeled. Um, and then tonight, Tuesday night, Amir Garrett and Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds, uh, according to a report that they kneeled during the anthem. Um, and, you know, you got some of the expected responses from some of the expected people including the president of the United States, who said that he's waiting for live sports. Um, but if they're going to start kneeling, 
then he's turning off the game. Uh, I think he said game over because it's disrespecting the flag and 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 the country. Um, I'm just going to say this, and then you can you know chime in and, and and add if you like. I think that narrative and that line of argument is not going to prevail this time yeah. around. Three years ago, the narrative was twisted. It was never about the military. It was never about the flag. It was never about disrespecting the country or anything like that. The narrative got twisted three years ago when Colin Kaepernick took took the knee. I don't see that happening now. I think people will push that narrative as the president tried to do today. But I think a lot of people, uh, we've seen Major League Baseball push back on it, which is amazing, right? Major League Baseball took on fans on Twitter, pushed back at that kind of thinking and that kind of commentary. And we know where the NBA stands. We've seen how Roger Goodell has done a 180. Um, So it's a different environment right now. And that old narrative that was never true from the beginning, I don't believe is going to fly. You have any thoughts about any of this? I couldn't have said any better myself. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing that narrative try to get pushed over the message that, you know, the kneeling is really about. Um, and you mentioned MLB clapping back at fans yesterday on Twitter. I actually retweeted one of the tweets that MLB said, and I put, I've never been so, you know, as proud to be a baseball fan as I am at this moment when MLB responded back to fans, because that's something that we have never seen or I haven't seen ever. You know, MLB actually responding back to these fans going at the players kneeling and the coaches kneeling. I I was so proud of that moment as a baseball fan, as someone who follows the sport and loves this sport, that baseball is taking a stand and they're not late to the party. That's so important to me as a fan, knowing that the sport that I follow is, you know, has these same beliefs that I believe in and, and is fighting with me and with everyone else and really going at this, at this big problem that we're all facing. And, you know, the kneeling, like you said, the narrative was so twisted when Kaepernick did what he did with the kneeling and it, people did not want to understand. So it wasn't that they didn't understand, they did not want to understand. And that's part of the big problem is that people refuse to want to hear the actual message that these athletes and these players and everyone else is trying to convey by doing what they're doing, whether it's the protest, um, peaceful protest, marching on the streets, everything like that. So I'm glad that, you know, the MLB and their players and coaches are stepping up. And regardless of what the president says or, you know, whoever, as long as we continue to push the message that Kaepernick tried to push when he started kneeling and eventually lost his career about, I think that's what matters. Knowing that this is the message, it's not what other people are trying to say the message is, this is what our message is, and we're going to continue to push regardless of who stands in our way. No doubt about it. And, you know, the, you know, the atmosphere, um, you know, the, the, the conversation in the country now is just different. It's, it's, yeah. it's different than it was in 2017. 
2018. It's just different. And, yeah. you know, in baseball, Bruce Maxwell was the only player who kneeled, backup catcher for the Oakland A's. He's now playing in Mexico. Um, he's had some well-chronicled problems, a lot of which I think emanated from the fact that when he kneeled, no one else kneeled with him. Um, and he didn't get the type of support from players that yeah. he expected and that some players now admit that they did fail to give to him. Yeah. And um, that point right there is, is huge because I think what, what you're saying is, you know, the, the message is different these, today. And I think it's because people want to learn and want to become educated on what this really is, instead of just kind of following the crowd that's saying, well, kneeling is disrespectful to the military, it's disrespectful. You know, there are people who are actually educating themselves on the social problems going on in America today. And that's huge because now we're actually, you know, people are actually learning why kneeling is happening, why protests are happening. And that, that makes all the difference. It does. And, you know, as we approach opening day, you know, I think, you know, the country should expect that there are going to be other peaceful protests, you know, or yeah. peaceful, you know, demonstrations, expressions, whatever you want to call them. Um, and that the players are going to use their platforms. And, you know, for those fans and others who say, don't bring politics in to baseball and, and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, Major League Baseball even responded to that, you know, saying, you know, human rights is not, you know, the struggle for human rights is not political, you know? Exactly. Um, you know, and again, hats off to them for, you know, taking that type of a stand. But it's remarkable that you have, you know, baseball and and presumably the NFL, you know, now joining their voices to the, you know, the, the, the struggle for racial equality and, and social justice. I mean, the NBA has sort of been, you know, one of the more progressive leagues out there, but, you know, to see the NFL that was so staunchly against Colin Kaepernick and then yep. MLB, which was so stuck in its tradition, um, uh, and you know, not really being involved in saying anything one way or the other, uh, both now, you know, joining in and and looking to advance uh, this movement, I think says a lot. Yeah, and you love to see it because, you know, we talked about when the coronavirus stuff, you know, obviously it's still happening, but when the talk of when are sports returning, you know, society needs sports, we need sports because of the power that sports has on the society. Now we're going to see that the, the side of it, of the power that they have with this fight for social justice. And we're going to see that translated through the athletes and, you know, really we're going to see it out there. And it's, it's great to see that every league is, is standing up or kneeling in this case to, put an end to this stuff. It is. It is. And so um, that that's another storyline as we embark on this unusual season in what has been a very unusual and challenging year.
Um, that's going to be one of the storylines as well, um, with players expressing their views about what's going on in the society around them. So it's something to keep our eye on as well. So, all right, Rob. Well, as always, brother, good talking with you about baseball and and other things. Um, and, you know, look forward to the season. Um, you know, I hope your prediction about my Metsies comes true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we will continue to stay in touch um, as we, you know, go through this season and, you know, have you back and continue talking uh, Major League Baseball. Um, always enjoy talking with you. So thanks for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. It's always great to have these conversations with you, Jeff. Sure. All right. Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Take care, brother. Thank you. You too.